Hi. I'm Cass. I'm an alcoholic addict. It's already fucking up. I don't even know where I am. Um, Alright, so... Um, so I'll tell you a little bit about my story. Um, I'm not a big fan of like going into the whole like drug and drunk law because or law because we've all fucking had our own stories with that. Um, so I was adopted from foster care when I was six years old. Um, and from that, I obviously developed a lot of like abandonment issues and a lot of abuse and, um, I learned very quickly that if I wanted to be adopted, I had to act a certain way um, or else I wouldn't be adopted. So like my biggest thing in life was like, oh my God, people need to love me. People need to accept me. I need to be the prettiest. I need to be the funniest. I need to be the smartest. Otherwise, I'm not going to have a family. And um, I ended up getting an amazing family, but that still stayed with me. The, my self-esteem was still really bad and I still constantly to this day like struggle with people like, do I fit in? And am I good enough or are you constantly second-guessing who I am? Um, and that was a hard thing because I also am like extremely easily influenced. Like I remember when I was like 13 years old that a friend of mine told me that Obama was going to put like chips in us and we were going to be tracked by the government. And so like I started like making flyers and like educating my parents. Like I would go off on these crazy shit because I would believe anything you would tell me um, as a part of like being involved and having friends around me. So it was huge for me like that I couldn't create my own identity so I would always conform myself into whatever you wanted me to be or what I wanted you to see of me. Um, and uh, that was like one of the biggest reasons like I did get into drugs and alcohol. Um, I was a very, very successful actress. Um, when I was 12 years old, I told my mom that I wanted to do acting and she was like, well, you're fucking bossy as shit, so it seems like it would fit, and plus I love attention. Um, so it worked out really well, and I started doing acting um, in Los Angeles, and I ended up creating my own nonprofit foundation uh, that encouraged uh, children who were in uh, foster care or who have been adopted from foster care to go after their dreams and to find their purpose and passion in life instead of being defined by their past. Um, and also encouraged adults to adopt from the foster care system. And I would speak on Capitol Hill. Um, I would speak at all of these amazing places. I've won a lot of awards for it. And um, sure enough, I met this fucking blonde-haired, blue-eyed, cute little guy, and he told me I had to stick up my fucking ass and I needed to chill out and smoke some weed. So I did that, and uh, that was enough for me. I immediately dropped the acting career. I immediately dropped my family. I dropped all of my friends, and I called myself, oh, well, I smoke weed. That's who I am. Like, that's all I'm about. I smoke weed. I smoke weed. I smoke weed. And, like, I allowed myself to be completely, like, submerged in this identity of, oh, I'm a pot smoker. Um, and for me, it, like, really hit home because uh, my birth mom, she's um, – <clears throat> She, um, she died four years ago because of uh, drugs and alcohol. Um, she was diagnosed at 18 with Crohn's disease, and um, she ended up getting hooked on opiates, and uh, that's pretty much how her life went. Um, and I, I idolized my birth mother. Um, and I, I struggle with this a lot, and I was talking to my adoptive mother about this this morning as I was coming up with some bullet points because I kind of have ADD so I get a little um, and I um, 
I was telling her, like, I always struggled with, like, the two different sides of life. Like, I wanted to be, like, oh, shit, we're from Texas in the slums. Like, I'm hood. Nobody could tell me shit, even though I'm 5'1". But, like, that's how I thought, like, that I needed to be. And then also I would go over and I would see my adoptive family and be like, oh, well, you know, extra avocado on the salad. Like, that was just, like, the different lifestyles that, like, we I had. And, like, I constantly wanted to, like fit in with my adopted parents and have them recognize me and see me as like this amazing child and they didn't just waste all their money on eBay picking me or I wanted to like actually be able to like show my birth parents that like I'm still one of you guys I'm gonna die from drugs and alcohol I'm gonna rep the streets like that and that was really really hard for me so like anything that like I would find out along my childhood of my um, adoptive mom explaining to me what my birth parents were like I took that and I ran with it um, and obviously it wasn't the best decisions um so yeah with with that like it also stemmed my fear like obviously of being judged like I fucking hate being judged um that's why I act like a fucking asshole because I don't want people to judge me and if you do judge me I want it to be off of some fucking crazy shit that I know for sure I did that probably don't make sense but anyways um yeah, so, I mean, I, I, like, obviously, I fucked up. Like, I went into meetings. I would get sober. I constantly tried to kill myself. I started cutting myself at uh, 11 years old. Um, I did not want to be alive at all in any way, shape, or form. And um, I really struggled with, like, getting my shit together. I would go in and out of psych wards. I went into jail. Um, and I really, like... I just didn't know what the fuck I wanted for myself. And um, when I was 16, I finally decided um, I can't live with my parents anymore. I can't do that because I don't want them to witness what I had witnessed watching my birth mother. And um, so I made the decision to leave. And um, I met this girl um, in the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous in Los Angeles. and. She ended up getting me involved in sex trafficking, and she uh, ended up introducing me to meth and heroin. And um, I fell head over heels in love with it, uh, kind of like what someone else was sharing earlier. I searched for that. Like, it wasn't like it just happened. Like, it wasn't at a party. Like, I, I would get these ideas into my head and be like, boom, that's what I want, and then I'd go after it. And I'm the same way. Like, if I like you, I'm going after you. If I want what you have, I'm going after it. Like, that's who I've always been. I'm very determined. Um, and that was like my biggest downfall with drugs and alcohol because once I made my mind up to it, that was it. No one can say shit that's gonna change my opinion on it. Um, and I, uh, I was homeless, being sex trafficked, with a needle in my arm every day crying, and I had overdosed multiple times and the doctor told me if you overdose one more time um, or use meth one more time, you're going to trigger permanent psychosis. And my mom was like, do you understand that? And I was like, totally, I'm never gonna fucking do that. And so I was like, I'm gonna go to the store, I'm gonna buy a pack of smokes, bullshit. I smoked meth with the homeless guy at McDonald's because that's who the fuck I am. And like, I still continue to get high. And I went into so many different treatment centers and finally this one really stuck with me and I was able to get two years off of, two and a half years off of meth and heroin. Um, but I, I, Finally, like, on my year, I was like, oh, well, I could still drink. It's not a problem. Like, this is bullshit. I could drink. I could smoke weed. And um, I continued to hit that 
every single day. And for me, like what really was the bigger rock bottom for me was my emotional rock bottom. The one where like I hated looking at myself in the mirror. The one where like I remember clear as day, like the day, like I had a gun next to my bed and I had my bottle of Patron and I was like, either I'm going to finish this and then I'm going to shoot myself or somehow I'm going to call some alcoholic and I'm going to get my ass into sobriety because I saw it happen with my birth mom. I've seen it happen with my birth sister and like I'm lucky enough where like I don't have a kid and like she has a child and like she's going to be repeating that same cycle but like I don't want to be that. Like even though I idolized that and like I wanted that appreciation, it was of someone who like I knew wasn't healthy for me. And so thank God like that was immediately my higher power and um, I'm going to share about this really quick. Um, your ego is the only thing that's keeping you away from having a relationship with your higher power. That's it. There's nothing else keeping you from that. Um, it was very difficult for me to understand higher power. You know, um, being adopted, my dad was like, my beautiful little girl, she's going to be in confirmation and her holy communion. And like, I did the fucking shit. I put on the dress. I tried to do whatever he wanted me to do. And I told him, I was like, once I'm 16, I'm done. Like, no more. Like, once I'm done with that, I'm not looking at a church. Like, and I try to like fucking piss him off. Like I would fuck somebody in a church or like I'd smoke weed in the church and be like, watch me dad, ha 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 ha. Like I just like, I wanted to rebel as much as I could. And um, it worked out fucking great because I ended up in the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous. Um, but for me, like I finally, like I had nothing. Like I would create like, my boyfriend or my girlfriend at the time and make them my higher power. I would say, oh, I'm getting sober for my family. Oh, I'm getting sober for the court. I'm getting sober for this. I'm getting sober for that, blah, 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 blah. Nothing fucking worked. And I even tried to get sober for myself and that didn't even work. Until I like actually was able to have a higher power to my own understanding. Like, and I, and I talk about this with my sponsees. Like, I don't give a shit if you want to make SpongeBob SquarePants your fucking higher power. Like, it doesn't fucking matter to me what you want to call it. As long as you have something and you're dedicated and you're making a conscious effort to be better each and every day and keeping a line of communication, then that's what's going to keep you sober. Um, and for me, that was really difficult. But luckily for me, I had my birth mother. I have uh, Jackson, who was my best friend who overdosed and passed away. Um, I have these people who, who understood what it was like to be an alcoholic and to be an addict and they had died and now I get to be I get to be like hey look this is what your life could be like if you didn't use drugs and alcohol and if you actually got your shit together and like I know that like that's my biggest higher power um and I was like it's hard because like obviously like I wish they were with me and like I still idolize like that lifestyle in some ways but like the obsession is completely removed like 100% like there's no desire in me to have like drinks or anything and I think that that's because of just working the program and following through the steps and surrounding myself with like really good people in my life um, and to have that like I had to be a good person because I would be a piece of shit and then look at everybody else and be like well I don't fucking like them they're bad influences no you're psycho and you make yourself think that they're bad influences um, so Sorry, I was like, wait, did I write horror movies? What the fuck was going through my head? Um, no, uh, so horror stories. Um, 
I also struggle with this with my sponsees. Um, a lot of them are like, well, you have all this, you were adopted and you, you were sex trafficked and oh my gosh, I couldn't even imagine. It's bullshit, doesn't fucking matter to me. Horror stories isn't what makes you an alcoholic or an addict. It's being successful and letting your alcoholism and your addiction rob you. If you've read the big book, that's absolutely what it is. We're not reading about low lives who were homeless and had a shitty fucking childhood. We're reading about smart businessmen and women who had everything and they allowed their alcoholism to take that away from them. And that's how like sick our alcoholism and our addiction is. Is like we will allow anything good in our lives to just fucking have alcohol run wild with that and have drugs run wild with that. Um, so that's like a really big thing to me. Like I, I really, I have a hard time when people are like, oh, well, I don't even know if I belong here because like I don't fucking have this. Like I didn't get shot. And it's like, you don't need that. Like this isn't street cred. Like all of those things that like we learned out in the world of like, oh, well no snitching, fuck snitching. That's a stupid fucking thing. You're saving someone's life and you're probably saving your own life. Like that's bullshit. Get real, like you're not running the streets anymore. You're not this big thug. I'm saying this to myself too. Cause like sometimes I really think I am. Um, yeah, so another thing was uh, reservations was a huge, huge thing when I came into the rooms. Um, my number one reservation was uh, if my grandpa dies, um, I'm going out for sure. I don't give a shit what it is. I'm getting high because that motherfucker was my best friend in the world. Um, he died on the 20th. And I'm still fucking sober. And I got to talk to him on his deathbed. <clears throat> and I got to tell him I promise that I will stay sober because that was his only wish for me was that I would stay sober. And I even shared with him, hey, if I, if you pass, I'm gonna get high. And he knew that because he knew how much I loved him and he was like, you would break my heart. Please stay sober. And today, like, I tell him every morning, like, I'm gonna do this. And it's not even just for him, but it's like, I realize how much happier like I am, and when he looks down on me, I want him to see that I'm happy. Because he didn't go through Vietnam, he didn't go through all of the bullshit in his life to have a granddaughter that's not happy. Um, and I feel like he, he deserves that. Um, even though he's a fucking asshole up there causing trouble, because that's just who he is. Um, yeah, so honestly, it was the reservations that like I allowed myself to like think like, oh, well, I, I couldn't handle it, I couldn't handle it. You, you think that you can't handle it until you're faced in that situation. Then you have to figure out, okay, how am I going to handle this? It's so much easier for me to be like, fuck it, I got $40, go buy a sack, get high right now. But like the amount of effort and energy that it takes to go to a meeting and to share about it and talk about that and talk to other women in the rooms, and be able to be open and let those tears come out of your eyes, which is super hard for me. But like being able to do that, that's like, the reward is so much further and it's so much longer lasting. Like I'm able to like be proud of myself. If I got high, I would be homeless. I wouldn't have my job. Oh wait, I'm unemployed. Um, you know, you get the point. Um, yeah, but it's, it's a really good feeling like once you're pushing through like your reservations and not allowing those to define you anymore. Um, when I came into the rooms, um, 
I heard this a lot and I hated it, which was uh, fake it till you make it. I thought that was bullshit. I was like, what the fuck is fake it till you make it? Like, why would I want to be in something that I have to fake? Like, obviously this is bullshit. That's like a shitty relationship. Um, but you, I actually learned that. Like, I had to fake it till I made it. Like, there was no other way for me because I allowed my ego. Like, my ego, I remember the first time my sponsor told me, oh, you have a shitty ego. And I was like, what the fuck? I hate myself. And she's like, no, you have a horrible fucking ego. And, like, I really do. Like, I honestly think that I shit rainbows and butterflies. Yes, guys, women poop. Crazy. But, like, I thought I was the coolest fucking cat in school. Like, I thought I was awesome. I thought I got everybody. Like, I thought I was the shit, but at the same time, I fucking hated myself. And so that ego is in both forms. Like, I thought I was super cool, but also, like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. I don't deserve to have that. I don't get to have, like, the lifestyle that, like, I think is so cool. Um because I honestly just hate myself and I realized like my ego has prevented me from so many things and for me it was hard for me to come into the rooms over and over and over again um, but coming into the rooms and like actually doing the work and faking it like it it transferred into oh my god I actually want this like this is incredible um, and it's the same with like mind over matter which I thought was like another one like I hated because it's like, no, it's not mind over matter. Like, don't you understand? It's like the body, like we're allergic. It's all of these other things. And it's like, no, it is. Like you have a decision every day to wake up and be like, hey, I'm not gonna shoot my boss in the face today. Like that's mind over matter. It's the same with alcohol. Like I walk, you walk into anywhere and you can get alcohol or you can get drugs. And like, you just have to make that decision. Like. Am I wanting to do this or am I not? And like allowing yourself to like trust your higher power and trust yourself, like that was a big thing. Like I have a sponsee right now who is utterly terrified because her insurance is running out and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna leave. My insurance is running out. I'm not gonna have my friends and I'm not gonna have the people who I've surrounded myself with. And I'm like, that's why I want you to branch out and I want you to start going to other meetings because you, the people who you're getting sober with are not gonna be the people that are gonna be in your life forever. I have had so many friends who I've gotten sober with and I'm like, wow, they're going to be in my wedding. They're going to be all a part of my life. And they're six feet under right now. Like, it's just how it is. And that's why, like, you have to be able to branch yourself out and be able to, like, honestly be selfish in this program. Like, I know that sounds bad like obviously be of service but like at the same time like you're saving your life like this isn't a joke here if you're as much of an addict as I am then you honestly it is life or death um and oh shit hold on it was right there it'll come it'll come um yeah mine doesn't matter it was so good too. I was like, oh, I'm gonna drop this shit on these motherfuckers. Mm, this is fun. How's your guys' day? Just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry. I, I told him I wouldn't be awkward. I lasted pretty well. Um, yeah. Working on yourself, like, mainly that was my biggest thing. Like, don't. Don't allow yourself to like get caught in like, oh well, this is the program, like 
these are my friends. Like, it's not like that. Like, you have to build yourself off of that. And, like, you have to be able to, like, really, like, you have to separate yourself. Like, this is completely, like, about your life. Um, yeah. I'm so mad that I don't remember the other thing I really wanted to share, but whatever. Um, yeah, so <laughs> how much longer is this? <laughs> um, drugs are really bad, guys. That's like mainly what I'm trying to say here. Um, yeah, uh, being, being six months sober today is crazy. Um, uh, I, uh, I was a chronic relapser, Matt Jones will tell you. Um, I did not want to be in the program at all. Um, and uh, finally, uh, everyone left me and I was able to get sober. And uh, with that, I now, like, I, when I first got sober this time, like, I made it a plan to, like, finish my 12 steps. I was like, I have to finish my 12 steps because I'll go to the meetings, I'll find my friends, I'll love it, and then I, I'm back to the same old shit that I do all the time. So I knew, like, okay, what's something I haven't done, which is work through the 12 steps and actually read the big book. And that was, like, the biggest game changer for me. And, like, I don't know why I didn't listen to it because it's, like, literally said everywhere that all you really have to do is, like, work the 12 steps and read the big book and get a sponsor. But, like, I didn't want to do that. Um, I wanted to avoid that at all costs. And then I worked through the 12 steps. And, like, now I honestly, like, do have a life beyond my wildest dreams. And I'm able to, like, wake up every morning and, like, love myself. And, like, that was a huge thing for me, too. Like, I hate positive affirmation. I had a therapist that was like, oh, you need to tell yourself you're pretty and stuff. And I was like, that's disgusting. I'm not going to do that. But, like, honestly, like, working through the 12 steps, like, I was able to, like, start building myself up and stop depending on others to, like, give me that validation. I was able to seek that within myself. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm honestly, like, I'm having a brain fart. Drugs, man. I'm going to tell you. Um, yeah. I'm going to open it up. Like open. Yeah. 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 yeah.